The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Hey, did you watch the air opening ceremony of the Summer Olympics? Did you catch it? Uh, no. Well, don't don't worry. Don't feel bad. Nobody else did either. Uh, even though we have kind of a significant time difference between us and Tokyo, but that is going to be a total train wreck. One of the reasons that I've gotten to the point we titled the show today. Uh, I hate sports. I don't literally hate sports, but I hate the world of sports now because like everything, it has been totally politicized and it's just a big, annoying mess, at least according to me. So I want to talk about the Olympics because that's just a total train wreck, which not only is it a train wreck because of COVID, but it's a train wreck because now the Olympics obviously has been politicized, genderized, all the other stuff. And, and, and it's just, I mean, I'm not delighting in this. I don't delight in any of this, actually. I might sound like it because I'm a very snarky person. But, but in my heart, I actually don't delight in these things. Sometimes the only way I can deal with them uh, emotionally is by uh, laughing and, and cracking a joke uh, more often than not, probably not the most uh, kind jokes. But but when you look at all this, this is just where we're going. And so I'm going to share some of these stories with you and, and talking about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 5, which is now the Cleveland Guardians, formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. <clears throat> now, I was thinking about this the other day because I saw uh, – I think I was in uh, – I was coming back from Greenville, South Carolina yesterday when I was down at Bob Jones University talking with those fine folks. And – uh, I saw something. It was like a logo or something. It wasn't even the Cleveland Indians thing. And it was like uh, 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 Chiefs, you know, like Chiefs or, or Indian Chiefs, whatever. And I go, if you are going to name something about uh, uh, Indian Chiefs, like let's just do the Cleveland Indians. Why would you pick that name? Why would you pick Indians, particularly indigenous Indians, the folks, you know, that were here before us, us being Europeans, why would you pick them as a mascot, as a logo, as something like that? Is that a positive or a negative thing? Do you, if you're going to, if you have a sports team, are you going to pick uh, the sloth, for example? Is, is, your, is your logo going to be the sloth uh, or the snail? Probably not. Maybe your logo is a really lazy uh, p- person that's uh, sadly overweight, like the, some of the people in. What was that a Pixar movie? Wally, right? With all the rather chubby folks on the space yacht who didn't move or do anything. They just had all their food brought to them and had Slurpees all day. So what, you wouldn't do that, right? So with the Cleveland Indians, of course, I can understand. I, I really can. Where Indians, American Indians, people that are here in America that have that uh, as their background, that's their ancestry, because it's like, okay, here's, here's the white man uh, capitalizing on us as, as usual. But there are, if you go dig into the polls, there are other uh, indigenous people, other American Indians, that don't feel that way. And that actually defended 
Cleveland Indians and other teams. I went to the University of Illinois. We had Chief Alinawek because Alinawek was one of the Indian tribes there in central Illinois back in the day. And that was, hey, what if I'm going to name my sports team after Indians, what, what is it about that? And then I, I was thinking as I was driving, man, the, the indigenous people, because I've been studying this recently for preparing for U.S. history, teaching U.S. history this fall, were really amazing, resilient, and they, were, they provided for themselves. They were tough. They were uh, really interesting when it came to their interaction with the environment and with animal life. They were good providers. They did what was necessary. They were, per- they were persevering people. And this was all before you got all the mess with Western uh, expansion and Europeans and Americans and all that. So I look at that and go, well, it's, it's, it's honoring. Because why would you pick somebody or a group of people that would be lame or a bad example or something you would not want to follow? But the Cleveland Indians officially changed their name to Cleveland Guardians. They debuted their new logo, which we're not showing here in the studio. I'm showing the Cleveland Indians logo here on the TV behind me. The Cleveland Indians are no more. Then we'll get to the Olympics in a minute. After months of speculation, the Major League Baseball team in Cleveland has changed their name, the Cleveland Guardians. How thrilling. Quote, we're excited to usher in the next era of the deep history of baseball in Cleveland, owner Pat Dolan said. Cleveland has, has and always will be the most important part of our identity. Therefore, we wanted that name that strongly represents the pride, resiliency, and loyalty of Clevelanders. Guardians reflects those attributes that define us while drawing on the iconic guardians of traffic just outside the ballpark on the Hope Memorial Bridge. It brings to life the pride Clevelanders take in our city, yada, yada, yada. While Indians will always be a part of our history... Our new name will help unify our fans and city as we are all Cleveland Guardians. Really? This is where you're seeing a boogeyman, where a boogeyman doesn't exist. And there are now this is where in the in in the United States of America these days, we've lost the art of agreeing to disagree. We we don't do that. Everything's binary other than gender. So it's you're you're either a racist or you aren't. You're either right or you're not. You either uh worship America or you hate it. And in this case, either you're all for the Indian's name or, or all against it. So their official name change will take place in the 2021 season. The organization has faced years of protests from activists who felt the name was racist. What, why is it racist? We're going to be called the Cleveland Indians because there are people of color on the Cleveland Indians. So how is that racist? Are you saying all Indians are this or that? If you know an Indian, then they're all going to be like this, racist, prejudging based on their race, their skin color. No. What's racist about it? Again, all the time I'm like, I don't get this. And maybe that's just because I'm an old racist, apparently. After the 2018 season, the franchise moved away from their Chief Wahoo logo, which many consider to be racially insensitive, citing concerns over offending members of Native, Native American and indigenous peoples. The team announced in December that they'd be choosing a new name. By the way, in America, you do not have a right to not be offended, nor do you have an obligation to not offend. That's uh, something we used to call free speech. Okay, Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever. One, uh, just another reason why at this point in my life, I hate sports because it's all political. It's political. It's all about your platform. And this comes back to like a morals clause. I actually wrote something about this on the Daily Dose devotional today in Colossians chapter three, talking about you put off the old self, you put on the new, you put on this Christian lifestyle. What does that look like? Wow. So, (laughs) all right, I, I got a lot more to say about this. 
I'm going to keep my cool. Then we're going to talk about the train wreck Olympics when we come back right after this. Am I woke because I like Coldplay? One sandwich short of a picnic. That's a good one. His cheese done slipped off his cracker. That's a good one. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Another one. We were just talking on Facebook. You're like, what are you talking about, Steve? Uh, On Facebook Live. So if you want to join us right here in the studio, right here in the Steve Noble Star Wars studio, just go to the Facebook Live page or also YouTube Live, uh, why we still exist there until we trip somebody's trigger or some fact checker loses their mind and then hits the the delete button and then we'll be gone. Uh, But until then, we're going to have some fun. So on Facebook Live, I was just saying, hey, give me some other uh, descriptors of people that just aren't quite uh, really, let's just say, super intelligent. And my personal favorite is his driveway doesn't quite make it to the street. But there's a lot one. There's a chopstick short. That's good. And one one sandwich short of a picnic. So everybody's just kind of chiming in on Facebook Live. (laughs) Just trying to have a little fun in the midst of today's show on I Hate Sports. Talking about the Cleveland Indians. So if you want to chime in on the name change, Cleveland Indians, to now the Cleveland Guardians, we would be happy to talk to you. I'd love to hear from you. 866-348-7884. What do you think about that? And uh, if Mr. Carbone is listening, uh, brother in the Lord, fellow radio uh, maestro, and huge Cleveland Indians fan, uh, Mike, if you're listening, you can feel free to call in because I know you have a, I know you have a an opinion on this particular situation. So if you want to call in about that, Cleveland Indians out, Cleveland Guardians in, uh, give us a call, 866-348-7884, 866-348-7884, or 866-34-TRUTH, wokeness is killing everything, including sports. Then there's the Olympics, which is a combination of uh, wokeness and COVIDness. So Tokyo's billion-dollar Olympic stadium nearly empty for muted opening games. I like that. I like that word, muted. Cute. Today's one point. I mean, this, this is just brutal. So Tokyo's one point five billion-dollar Olympic stadium, designed to hold more than seventy thousand people, was nearly empty for the Tokyo twenty twenty Olympic game opening ceremonies, with just nine hundred fifty VIP guests in attendance. By the way, that works out to seventy four seats per person. So each one of those nine hundred fifty VIPs could spread out and have 74 seats individually, uh, which should qualify as social distancing, right? Friday's opening ceremonies were muted. That's <laughs> so cute. A theme that looms over the Tokyo Games. No kidding, no kidding. Which will take place largely without spectators or fans because of the city's sudden spike in COVID-19 cases. The 950 attendees were spaced well apart. No kidding. First Lady Jill Biden, who is attending the Olympic Games, and her husband, President Joe Biden, stead. Even though the envoy petition typically goes to an administration official, was seated in a box by herself. That's depressing. The first lady was wearing a a black mask. (laughs) You're masked in a 70,000-person stadium with 74 seats to yourself or a box, and you're masked. What a charade. What a PR stunt. Holy moly. The first lady was pictured wearing a black mask with her black polka dot dress, despite being outdoors and far away from any ceremony attendees, according to photos published in social media. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So funny. 866-348-7884. What do you think of the Cleveland Indians name change? Or 
What do you think of the Olympics? Are you going to watch the Olympics? Why or why not? 866-34-TRUTH. Tokyo Olympics likely to lose billions, 800 million lost in ticket sales alone. That's brutal. The Tokyo Olympics is projected to lose billions in revenue. Amid fears over COVID-19, in-person... What are we going to do, by the way? Hit the pause button. What are we going to do as the world wakes up to the fact that, like the flu, COVID-19 is with us in perpetuity until Jesus comes back? What are you going to do about that? Because this is going to get ugly again because now the now the talk's coming out Jen Psaki at the White House and the CDC and the NIH are, are reconsidering their mask position which should be just off and so if you're crazy like me I'm sitting there going why do vaccinated people really care what unvaccinated people are doing if vaccinated people are protected and you don't have to wear a mask now they're saying you got to wear a mask again you do you and I'll do me. You know what? I don't care if you get the flu shot. That's a, that's your deal. You want to risk the flu or not? Okay, that's your body. God's holding you accountable for that. By the way, he's not holding you accountable for my body unless you kill me or rape me. Then he will. But other than that, I'm autonomous in terms of caring for my own body and my own health. Thank you very much. So, due to the lack of support for the games, companies are refraining from running advertisements. No kidding. As a Tokyo spokesperson told Global News, the car manufacturer will not be airing any commercials or attending the opening ceremony. MarketWatch reports that this $20 billion cost could be offset with the revenue from the games, but revenue will be lower than projected because the Tokyo Games will no longer have fans in attendance. Empty stadiums will cost the organizing committee of the Olympic Games at least $800 million in ticket losses. However, ticketing is only a fraction of the problem with the empty stadiums in Tokyo. According to local organizers, visitors in Japan for the Games would have spent roughly $2 billion on meals, transportation, hotels, and merchandise. Now that's, well, how much money can 950 VIPs spend? None, because they won't be required to pay for anything. The Wall Street Journal adds stadiums and arenas that cost over $7 billion billion, to build or renovate for the games will be mostly empty. So there's that. What about the ratings? Watch it on TV. Will you? Are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch the Olympics? Why or why not? And what do you think of the Cleveland Indian name games, name change? You guys are quiet today. Uh, Give me a call because after the break, when I'm done with these next two stories, I'm done. I'm just going to sit here. And think of ways to talk about people who aren't very smart, because that's what we were just kind of joking about, Um, which is not funny, obviously. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. If you want to chime in on the Cleveland Indians name change or the Olympics, being woke and all the other stuff going on with the Olympics and transgenderism and people taking the knee and people that are supposed to represent their country, taking the opportunity at the Olympics with not very many people to watch to protest the very country that they represent that sent them there, that made it possible for them to excel as an athlete uh, besides their own efforts and then sent them over there to represent us and then they turn around and slap you across the face by taking a knee. What about that? Or the Cleveland Indians name change out with the Indians because that's racist and in with Cleveland Guardians, which doesn't really make much sense. It's not inspiring, at least to me. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to Steve who's calling in from High Point. Steve, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Uh, my name's Keith. Keith, yeah. I'm very sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. Uh, I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I don't I, the, the change in the name. There's so much going on. It's it's just ludicrous. 
I think the the best thing that's happening about this so-called pandemic is this opening up the eyes of people, you know, and yeah, uh, and the uh, if you're vaccinated, why should you care if somebody else is not? You're you're okay, right? You know, when you when you've gotten the flu shot before in the past, you walk out of the doctor's office, your chest up a little bit high, and you think, uh huh, you know, you got a big ass <laughs> on your chest. I'm I'm, I'm you know, see somebody sneezing, it doesn't bother you. You just keep on going about it. But, well, I teach you, you know. It's, it's a, I just enjoy your show today. Thank it's you, just, Keith. It's such a blessing to hear somebody speak today <laughs> over the air as you're speaking. That yeah. is a blessing. Yeah, thank you very I'll much. Please. Thank you very much, Keith, I'll and I'll never call you Steve again. That's all right. <laughs> all Bye. right, thanks, brother. Bye-bye. Take care. We'll be right back. 866-34-TRUTH. There's a man should I going do it? around taking names. Should I, should I be crazy enough to and do he this? Decides who to so for all you Cleveland Indian fans out there, Everybody I'm doing like, don't you guys do like the woohoo chop or whatever? I'm doing the chop here in the studio. So I'm doing the chop. And then do you do like a woohoo? Do you do that? Can somebody lock the door? Because I'm probably going to get arrested because I just did that. Anyway, listen, here, let me, let me get back to the Olympics here in a second. But on the Cleveland Indians thing, I was saying this during the break. Uh, for my friends on Facebook Live and YouTube Live, listen, I, I would, I would, I would gladly sit down with a member of the uh, Indigenous Peoples, American Indian, how, whatever phrase you want to use, because I'm fascinated to know. I've never really known any anyone with that heritage personally. And like, how do you look at America? How do you look at what happened out west? How do you look at these logos and stuff? And and what's your perspective? And that would be a fascinating conversation because I know I've got blind spots. I'm a white upper middle class American that grew up uh, not in the not in lavishness. My parents did okay. Uh, didn't really start making decent money until I was in high school, but we always had what we needed, and I didn't really have to struggle all that much for anything. College was just kind of assumed, and I'm, I'm you'll be successful one way or another. That was kind of assumed, and so that's my limited perspective and background. So I, I we all need to be open to listening to other people, but we just don't do that anymore. We have keyboard courage. We're really bold when we sit behind a screen, but you sit two people down at a table in a in a Starbucks or whatever, and you just can't stay in it, can't handle it. And so what do we do? We divide more. We hate more. So, uh, Lord help us. But this is the way the world is going to go. This is the meta narrative, friend. This is the thing that you can't change. So if you get upset when the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west, you've got a problem because that is just the way of things. Okay? And the overall degradation of mankind is set until Jesus comes back. So don't lose, don't lose hope. Don't let that control. Don't let that be your, your thermometer gauge on your life. Because then you're looking for happiness, which is totally based on your circumstances, as opposed to joy and contentment, which comes through the knowledge that, that the Lord loves you, that you've been saved, that you have eternity to look forward to. And then that takes you out of the maelstrom of what's happening in this world on a daily basis. So you're heartbroken. This is the tension of the Christian life. You're heartbroken. You're engaged. You're informed. But you're not given over to it. So I can have this strange smile on my face in the middle of the day and a second later or a second before I could be weeping over our culture 
Because then I'm like, well, the Lord loves me and I love him and he knows me. I'm fully known. I'm fully loved. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven when I die. One day this won't even be hardly a distant memory. Jesus will come back. He will set the captives free in terms of believers that are dealing with this broken world. And final judgment will happen. There'll be ultimate justice. Nobody gets away with anything. Either Jesus paid it for you or you're going to pay it for yourself forever. That's your choice. Everybody's condemned already, not because they don't know Jesus, but because of their sin uh, in, in the face of a holy God that they know exists. That's why I always say there's no such thing as an atheist. Romans chapter, Romans chapter 1, God has made it plain so that men were without excuse. God is the 800-pound gorilla in the room or the Cleveland Indian, and everybody knows he's there. Now it's just a matter of what you do with that. And, by the way, if you are the Indian that lives out in the middle of nowhere in the, in the uh, depths of the Amazon— and, and you know that there's something rather than nothing. You know there's a moral law because God placed it in your heart. You have a conscience. And when you start crying out, then I believe that's God God initiating that and, and he will be found by you. Because there's all kinds of amazing stories of people that were that were trying to understand truth and reality. And then, wow, where'd this missionary come from? Imagine that. All right, back to the Olympics. Preaching a little while I'm talking about hating sports and all this junk. But if you want to chime in on the Cleveland Indians or the Olympics, feel free. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. Olympics rating set to crash. Research suggests, I think young Seth in the studio said this earlier, it seems that uh, getting woke is not too good for the bottom line, right? Get woke, you go broke. Well, right here in the Daily Wire, get woke, go broke. Last week, marketing research firm Zeta Global polled Americans about the Olympics and discovered the majority aren't excited to watch the games this year. Count me in. I'm like, no, it's just another platform for political junk. More than, and, and, and athletes that want to spit on their own flag. Not all of them. Most of them, I think, are, are, are value of America. But then a little leaven ruins the whole loaf, right? More than 60% of Americans were unable to express excitement or interest in the summer games. Ouch. And at least 45% of Americans confirmed they are not looking forward to the games in any capacity, the company found. This led to, a, to predict this year's Olympics will be the lowest watched of the 21st century. Meanwhile, another research firm, Ipsos, conducted polling on Olympics enthusiasm by party affiliation. Listen to this. Now, you, you're looking for, maybe can we find some common ground here? Maybe. Listen to this. They looked at it, Olympics, Olympic enthusiasm based on party affiliation. Only 29% of Republicans are interested in watching it. And only 39% of Democrats. That's only a 10% difference between the two. So the vast majority of us, 71% of Republicans, 61% of Democrats are like, yeah, no thanks. Hey, high five, my Democrat friends. High five. Give me air. High five right here. High five. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm with you. Why? Because the assumption is it's just another political platform. It's the gender thing. It's transgender. And then it's the U.S. soccer team. Most of them wanted to take a knee now. They lost to Denmark the other day. And I'm like, good. Because why would you bite the hand that feeds you? I talked about this recently. I'm all over the map today, so just get used to it. I talked about this recently. Uh, Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, on a Rush Limbaugh clip that they played a, maybe, I don't know, two months ago on, on the show when they were transitioning to the new guys, who I don't particularly like, by the way, in case you're wondering. Uh, Rush Limbaugh talking about Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, and they asked her, are you an originalist when it comes to the U.S. Constitution? Meaning, do you believe that you take the Constitution today in the 22nd century, 21st century? Uh, it means what it says. It says what it means. That's an originalist. What did they mean when they wrote it? We do the same challenge with the Bible, right? 
And she said, oh, you mean that document that didn't recognize me as a black person, a woman, or a homosexual? Now, I don't know where she got the homosexual thing. America in its earliest days, uh, very, very anti-homosexual. Okay, that's true. So the document that doesn't recognize me as a, as a black, as a woman, and then she put the homosexuality in there because she's a lesbian. And then Rush Limbaugh, and I agree with this, his first, his first glance at that statement was with compassion. He was like, yep. Based on the history of this nation, I can see why you would say that. Absolutely. So I, I, I'm going to give you some credit there. There's some credence to that statement. I'm like, yeah, okay, we need to wrestle with that because that is true. By the way, ladies, did you know that slaves and African-Americans, blacks, got the right to vote before you did? No, oh, I'm so proud of America. It's the greatest country on the planet. Well, in many ways it is, and in other ways it's sad. By the way, that's how you teach U.S. history, accurately. Tell the truth. So then Rush Limbaugh stopped, and I, I loved where he went with this. He goes, but then I got kind of – I didn't let my emotions rule the bottom line. And then I thought, isn't it interesting that the very document Lori Lightfoot is hammering is set up a nation in which eventually you could have a black, female, lesbian mayor – of one of the biggest cities in America and one of the most influential and well-known cities on the globe. How did she get there? Because we did two things. First, we wrote a creed, that's the Declaration of Independence, which really created a mirror that our founding fathers knew they were going to have to hold up to themselves while they were owning slaves and going, okay, I'm looking at the Declaration, then here's the Constitution, then there's slavery. Yeah, that doesn't jive. And, and why they didn't deal with it immediately is another story and eventually the Civil War and all this other stuff, okay? But there was a creed there. staring. They built a mirror, and then they had to look into it and then deal with their own hypocrisy. But between the Declaration of Independence, which sets a creed, which sets a really a God-influenced standard, and then the Constitution, which is a document of governance, you have a way through the Constitution to implement the creed of the Declaration of Independence, and then over time you have a black female lesbian mayor. And from a constitutional perspective and a people's choice perspective, uh, without meaning this in a biblical way, I, you can say uh, uh, governmentally, amen. So, hey, Lori, it worked. You have the, the creed and the declaration. You have the constitution, governance, and you combine those two. And a couple hundred years later, You've got a black female lesbian mayor of Chicago. And what do you think the, the black women enslaved in the South in 1840 would have thought of that? Because Chicago existed at the time. Hey, hey by, by the way, ladies, one day, one of you is going to be the mayor of Chicago. One of you being somebody that's African-American dis, uh, descended. One of your great-grandchildren, whatever, if there's any connection between Lightfoot and actual slaves in America, I don't know if there is, but let's just say there is. Ladies, Hang in there. Keep praying. Persevere as you are. Because one day in this country that's allowing your abuse, one day one of your ancestors is going to be the mayor of one of the biggest cities in America. Can you imagine that? And, and they probably would have said, no, sir, I can't imagine that. Some of them might have said, actually, I can. Frederick Douglass would have said, yep, if we live up to our creed, is what MLK did so well, we live up to our creed then that becomes possible and guess what we did that was a that was a joe biden answer we did
We lived up to our creed. I told you I was going to run out of things to say. That never happens. So we'll pick it up there when we come back right after this. What you're thinking that's pretty catchy music that style of music for all of my older friends is called ska s-k-a it's kind of a mixture between american rock and roll and reggae ska so there you go that's what that's called i have wide-ranging uh, musical taste and uh just in case you're wondering if you're newer to the show i am a verbal processor now, welcome back. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. TheSteveNobleShow.com is the website, or you can go to the page on Facebook. You can be right here with us in the studio via Facebook Live or YouTube Live, The Steve Noble Show page on both of those things. Uh, but the radio show is podcast as well, so this will turn into a podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, all the like the four, five, six biggest ones, you can find us all there. Uh, so you, even if you can't listen live, and most of us don't do the live thing anymore, right? We listen what we want to. We watch what we want to, when we want to watch, when we want to listen. So you can always get that, get the podcast, uh, and listen or watch whenever you want to because you can do the same thing with Facebook or YouTube Live because it stays there. It's like a video podcast, so that's out there. But I'm a verbal processor, so I'm just going to work through what's going on in my noggin through my mouth on the air. And, and some days are more free-flowing like today, and, and God will just take me down different roads as I go through it. And other days are much more structured. depends on, like yesterday with Pastor Micah Corona from Living Word, we worked through some of his points from his great seven-point uh, series on the life of Daniel called, called Counterculture. That was yesterday's show, and, and we stay on topic the whole time. So I'm not always schizophrenic like this. Well, but today I, I, I am a bit talking about the Olympics, Cleveland Indians, a logo change. If you want to talk about either one or both, if you have a comment about that, feel free to call in and don't ever worry about calling in here. I, I am not uh, all that into on air debate and getting into a fight with you. I'd love to hear your opinion. Even if I disagree, I'll give you the room to do that. So don't ever be afraid to call in here because I also realize a, a decent number of people that listen to Christian radio, like 25 to 35 percent are unchurched. And uh, talking to my brothers and sisters in the church, my, my Christian brothers and sisters, uh, I believe, on, on, especially on the air, my, my witness to them is much more important than my ability to win a fight on the air. So I, I just don't do a whole lot of opposition. This is going to be like Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity used to have a lot of people on the air that he'd argue with. Now he just talks by himself pretty much the whole time. So I don't do that. So never be afraid to call in. So if you want to say something about the Cleveland Indians name change or even the Olympics, why you will watch it, why you're not interested as we talk about wokeness and, and politics infecting everything. Uh, that's why I'm not interested in sports anymore. And that's why I'm not interested in the Olympics. Olympics is now a platform for wokeness, uh, political ideology, transgenderism, and all the, all the rest of it. Now I missed the days. I'm, I'm a Chicagoan for the most part. I was there when the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl in 85. I was there for five of the six Chicago Bulls championships with Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time. Take a hike, LeBron James. And that was all fun. And I loved sports growing up. I was a Cowboys fan. I was a University of Texas fan until I went to the University of Illinois. And then I was both. And it was like one thing in American life that was just about the sports and the fans about the game. Not, not. Colin Kaepernick took it to a whole new level. Now it's just another political platform and ideology and brainwashing based on somebody's ideology and messed up worldview. And that's why I never watch sports anymore. 
I don't hate sports, but I hate what it's become. And so I don't watch it. And now the Olympics, it's the same thing. And I'm going to watch a bunch of COVID-19 virtue signaling on the Olympics or whatever. No, I don't. I'd rather go hang out with my wife and our kids, whichever ones still live at home, or friends, or read a book, or watch a movie instead of ESPN, which is now CNN, ESPCNN. I'm like, no, forget it. I'm out. See ya. So Zeta's predictions of a ratings free fall comes true. This is going to be brutal. As the games open Friday, Olympics ratings coverage isn't focusing on whether viewership numbers will be bad, but rather how bad. The New York Post reports some experts believe it could drop to just 17 million, a disastrous figure compared to the 2012 London Olympics that averaged 30 million viewers and the poorly rated 2016 Rio Games that attracted 27 million. The Hollywood Reporter asked in the headline, Tokyo Olympics, Tokyo Olympics, spit it out, Steve. How far will NBC's TV ratings fall? <laughs> Pretty far. And the whole woke thing, COVID thing isn't helping. But... Never fear, my friends, because there is a savior in the Olympic story. There is somebody that has the star power to save the faltering games. Do you know who it is? Just a little quiz, a little pop quiz here for you. Do you know who it is? Well, let's see. Let's go to the source of this level of wisdom and insight. Vogue magazine. Snarky Friday, okay? Pretty soon it's just going to be the Snarky Steve show. A Vogue magazine lavishes praise on, drumroll, Jill Biden. Jill, not Joe. Jill Biden at the Olympics. Her star power will save the faltering games. Here's what they said. They being Vogue magazine, where I, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Uh, This isn't one of them. The Olympics could likely use a dose of Dr. Biden, herself a marathon runner. After a rash of demoralizing PR from the International Swimming Federation's exclusionary ban on swim caps for natural hair to a fine levy that the Norwegian women's beach uh, handball team for wearing shorts instead of bikini briefs because we'd rather, you know, use you. And an all-out ban on protests and demonstrations at the Olympics during an ongoing movement for racial and social justice, the magazine gushed. Who's the savior? Jill Biden. Lest her gender go unnoticed, Vogue also credited Biden with being a feminist presence that could challenge the Olympic patriarchy. Oh, it's there's so much patriarchy at the Olympics, even though they've had women competing and judging and running the show alongside uh, men for decades. A feminist presence that could challenge the Olympic patriarchy. Quote, it's worth noting that an all powerful uh, ten, what IOC president reigns over most decisions. There have only been nine in 125 years and all have been white men. The devil. First lady, Jill Biden, whatever. Is there anything else here that's interesting to me? No. So <laughs> there you go. So here's my, uh, here's my advice. If you can, if you can tune out, now watch the NFL is now doing the black national anthem. They're allowing uh, really an increased presence of social justice messaging and all of that. And like the other article said, get woke, go broke effect, which is in full play. And that's the marketplace. I'm all for the free market. Okay. So here's what I say. Uh, If you want to go down that road, NFL, go ahead. That's your right. And then the market will deal with you. And if you can still eke out a living, if you can still pay for all your Gulfstream jets, if all these guys can still be uh, making millions and millions of dollars whilst uh, 
ignoring or perhaps purposely sticking their finger in the eyes of half their audience, okay, knock it, knock yourself out. And and Nike and Colin Kaepernick and all that kind of stuff, because Colin Kaepernick, you know, has been good for Nike because you're going to have a diminishing return, though. So can Nike make it when you blow off 50% of your potential audience? I don't know. We'll find out. And I'm okay with that. You want to play woke politics in your in your business, your restaurant, your coffee shop, your Target store, whatever. You do what you got to do. I'll do what I got to do. And so let the market decide. That's the one reason I, that I do that with restaurants and masking. Hey, we're, we don't require masks. I can't believe that restaurant doesn't require masks. Okay, don't go there. Go to another one. We require masks. Ah, I feel safe there. Even though you got the vaccine, why are you worried about me who didn't? Huh? What's up with that? It's supposed to be safe and effective. So what are you worried about? Oh, the, the Delta variant. Get used to that, by the way. They're going to variant this until Jesus comes back. Because it's about power and control. You think they really care about your health? People in charge of the United States of America who would turn a blind eye, essentially, to the Holocaust occurring in women's wombs around the country? You think they really care about your health? They care about your vote so they can maintain power. And if they can maintain power by making you afraid of your shadow or somebody else's shadow, they'll do it. And why is that? Because the vast majority of Americans are unredeemed. And even those of us that are redeemed sometimes act like we aren't. The answer, the problem and the answer to all of it is always spiritual. It's always spiritual, first and foremost. Just go through the list. Go, you go look at Colossians. I'm writing through Colossians in the Daily Dose right now. If you want to get my daily devotionals, which are most days, Monday through Friday, uh, just text the word DOSE, D-O-S-E, to 66866. That's all you need to do, and then you'll, we'll send you back one little note that put your email address in, and you'll get it. Text DOSE, D-O-S-E, to 66866. So here's how this works, okay? Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. This, here's all the problems with the world, the unredeemed world. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. But now, verse 8, you must put, put them all away. So now we go from kind of sexual sin category to a much broader swath here. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in, in, in knowledge after the image of its creator. So we go from that, this put off the list, which describes the vast majority of how people think and live in America and around the world. And then there's this, chapter, uh, verse 12. Put on then... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another, as the Lord has forgiven you. So also must you forgive. You want to see the world turn around? This is what it takes. And above all these, put on love, which binds to get everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, the Olympics, COVID, whatever, and, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Want to know the problem? It's the first part. Want to know the solution? It's the same as it always been, a transformed life through Jesus Christ. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward another program powered by the truth network